Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in Soco Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level, what in essence is high-performance culture. We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high-performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high performance culture. Hey guys, another great chat with a footballer today. We sat down with Tommy Hoban, who is currently playing with Aberdeen. He's on loan from Watford. Unfortunately, Tommy is undergoing his second ACL rehab at the moment. Um, so we had a very good chat with Tommy and focus on his recovery process to date from that injury. So uh, we have a chat with Tommy about the influence on of his family on his recovery and how he has identified them as a major um, source of support to him in in both this injury and previous injuries that he's had. We also have a very good chat on the use of mindfulness and how Tommy has felt it's been a useful tool for him in, in rehabbing various injuries throughout his career to date. Get his perspective, which is interesting, on the support systems that are in place for youth players coming up through academy. So obviously Tommy has been in academy systems for a number of years when he was younger. So uh, it was interesting to hear what he thought uh, the support systems are like for, for younger players coming up these days. Um, and Tommy, obviously a previous Irish international at the youth setup, we get his thoughts on lessons for the Irish system that can be taken from England, who are obviously going through a bit of a purple patch in terms of their youth, youth systems and their success these days. So as per usual, if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them. You can reach the clinic here on Instagram on Soco Performance. Also, David here beside me, he can be reached on D Clancy Physio and Tommy as well is available uh, if you have any questions or comments for him on Tommy Hoban. So yeah, hope you enjoyed this one and speak to you soon. So welcome everyone to the Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat podcast. This is Connor Gavin here and I'm here with my co-host David Clancy. Uh, thanks to our guest today for joining us and thanks again to all of you for tuning in. Uh, so our guest today is Tommy Hoban and I'll fire across to David here who will give you a bit of a, a background on Tommy. So Tommy Hoban is a professional footballer, centre half, born in London, has Irish mother, Irish grandparents, um, represents Ireland has captained underage, has played with a variety of different clubs through the years, such as Watford, Aberdeen, and so forth, playing in the UK. Um, has had some injuries, some difficult injuries to deal with over the last couple of years. We're really interested into how performance and, and sports medicine and resiliency and all these sort of things have kind of feed into this guy's this guy's mindset. And also, more importantly, how his baby son Finley's doing? And does he eat mangoes every, mangoes every day and does he like a baby Bjorn and, and how that's all feeding into the whole thing so 
um, over to you, Connor. Yeah, so Tommy, uh, David's obviously given a, a very a brief overview of your career there, kind of a quick snapshot. So um, do you want to just give your listeners who mightn't be as familiar with you uh, a bit of a background on your 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 career today, basically your football and career, where you started out and where you're up to present day? Yeah, no, so, um, yeah, David sort of touched on it there. I've, I've been at Watford since I was uh, 14, uh, came through the academy there. And um, I started playing when I was quite young, sort of 18, first team, and um, got off to quite a good start to the career. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm still actually contracted to Watford. My contract's up in the summer, and I've had um, a couple of loans sort of in between. I went to Blackburn for a season and Aberdeen uh, this season. But, um, yeah, as he, as he touched on, especially the last sort of three, four years, I've had a bit of a nightmare with injuries, really. I've had... Um, I had two sort of cruciates, two shoulder dislocations, two groin surgeries, um, and, and had quite a big ankle operation when I was young as well, about 19, sort of in between my sort of, the sort of good period at Watford. So it's been a bit of a, it's, it's been tough over the last, well, it's been tough the whole career really, but especially I'd say the last sort of three years have been, been very hard. But, um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm sort of uh, five, six weeks, uh, into another ACL rehab now, and um, you know I've, I've got everything crossed that this will hopefully be the last one, and um, and then I can get back and hopefully just kickstart the career again, which I've you know I'm still definitely determined to do. So yeah. So I, I suppose you know there here's a guy that's that's really made it at the highest level. You know, and at such a young age, you've had so much sustained success in what's a really competitive and difficult market to stay in with. And my question is, you know, have had to deal with adversity and injury over the last four or five seasons, like you touched on. Who's been there to support you and who has really been in your corner to help you through all these, through the ankle, through the through the shoulders, through the ACL? You know, is it is it at home? Is it family? You know, who's who's there to help you in your corner? Well, as you said, that my missus just spun around in the corner. Her eyes have popped up, so... <laughs> I'm going to have to say her. But, uh, Behind every strong yeah. man, there's a strong woman, right? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's true, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm, um, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, a, a good sort of good family, strong family background, and, um, you know, they've all been, you know, unbelievable to keep me focused, keep me strong, because there's definitely times where, you know, I, obviously I try and stay as strong as I can myself, but there's times when you do get down, and, you know, without... Um, you know, Christina, uh, my parents, and now Finley as well, <laughs> which, um, you know, I, yeah, I'm not sure if I probably would still be still be going on. You know, there's definitely times when, I'm, you know, I've been in tears after, you know, another injury, another setback, and they sort of always help to, you know, lift my spirits and get me going again. And, um, yeah, as I said, I'll give me sort of another incentive to get back and, um, you know, I've, I've got a family to provide for now as well, so it's it's not just about myself; it's about you know his future. And uh, um, yeah, I'm still fully determined and focused now to to get that going. That's great. Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, do you find that you've had a shift in mindset since uh, Finley has come along in terms of your your preparation or your say your goals going forwards, that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I think obviously. Uh, so up until now, it's, all, it's always been, um, you know, I've been doing it for myself. You know, it's been my dream since you know I was a kid to be to play at the highest level, and um, I've always wanted to do well. You know, for, for yeah, as I say, for myself. Yeah, you know, obviously for for my family as well. But once you know you have a son, it, it does you know or it does it changes everything. I mean, 
yeah, well, I've got to provide for him. You know, it's it's a uh, it's as I say, it's his future, and and not just not just you know putting food on the plate kind of thing. It's yeah, I want to make him proud as well. So when he grows up, he can look back and you know see games that I've played and and you know say oh, that's my dad, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it definitely does add a, another sort of you know sort of complex to it, but. Um, but yeah, and I say with this with this time with the ACL, I remember when I sort of tore it, I was you know just devastated. My head was kind of all over the place coming home. Uh, but then you know when I got home and you see him and he's kind of smiling and happy, it, it does um, it, it take my mind off things and it makes you realise there are sort of more important things in life. Yeah, yeah football's one thing, but um, yeah, the family's definitely it's more important. So yeah. And I, I can kind of really, really see that because, you know, when we're watching Prem games, football, rugby and everything, you see when there's been a big victory that all the players bring their young kids or their babies on with their with the Hoban jersey on the back onto the centre of the pitch and they're celebrating going around with those, with their, with their babies and their kids, nearly more so than the wife or anyone else because, and I, and I understand it, I had a tough weekend and then... You know, I came home and I see my little fella crawling around laughing as if there's nothing nothing wrong in the world and it just 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 flips you, doesn't it? Just um, exactly, exactly, you, under, yeah. you understand what why you're you know, you're there for the two people, they're the two most important people for you now going forward. So that, that has to be fuel for you and energy, positive energy for you every day, I'm sure. Yeah. There's so many days and you come home after a long day or say a weekend away. You're thinking, oh, I can't bother doing this. Like, why am I doing this? And then you come home, and you just see them smiling, and and you know, you see them there, they're there for you in the tough times, and you know, it makes you realise, let's say, why you're doing it, and it gives you that that fuel to sort of keep pushing. And um, I think this time, you know, I'm probably more motivated than ever. You know, I know it's another another sort of setback, but with with Finley around this time, as well as you know, Christina, I think, and. Seeing how much she's, you know, she's done as well over the last year, it, it does give me that um, that extra drive. You know, if if I do need it to to make sure that you know this is going to be the last one, and I'm just going to you know give it everything, you know, for them as well as myself. So yeah. So Tommy, just a, a quick one on that. Um, obviously, you've been in the kind of football system with through the academy system since quite a young age. And you mentioned in the last kind of few years, even since you were 19, you've had a, a bit of a tough run with injuries. Do you find that you've been given, you were, or you were given the tools at a younger age to be able to cope with this, or has it been a lot of like self-learning, self-development yourself to, to equip yourself to get through it? Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. I'd, I'd say, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say looking back now, I think like from a psychological point of view, that probably isn't, isn't enough, um, you know, coaching and support within um, the whole football system really for four times like this. I mean, um, like being at Watford, I think at, yeah, at one stage there was a psychologist who was kind of part time who was offered to us maybe but, um, that must have been about three or four years ago. But I think that was only for one season, and you know, for the whole time, sort of, if the rest of the time that I've been there, there hasn't really been that kind of you know psychological support offered, which I think is you know a hundred percent is definitely needed I mean if, if there's people you know that have gone through sort of similar stuff you know similar injuries as myself if they haven't got you know people around them to support them you know I don't know how they would cope because it's it really is tough you know people don't always see it from the outside but 
So yeah, I, I think looking back, I think there probably is that more. There is more that can be done for you know, young players. Um, I mean, you're kind of always you're, you're, sort of, you're sort of set on the goals of you know of making it, of playing football, and you know you're coached technically, tactically, you know to achieve that that kind of high level. But you're not really sort of um, sort of help you know taught to how to cope with the setbacks that you know inevitably are going to come with it and not just like injuries that you know I've had myself you know most boys don't actually make it as a professional footballer and you know a lot of boys that have you know struggled once you know that they're having to find a new life once uh, you know find a new career at 19 20 years old once they've given up you know the whole education and stuff like that and I think that you know 100% more can definitely be done to, to help people and that you know sort of thing so yeah I, I suppose I've always admired your work ethic you know your integrity I've seen I've, I've known you for a couple of years and I've always gone wow Tommy puts in the extra because you could be there working on your shoulder and you're only you're in a sling you can only do so much and yet you're doing 20 minutes of abs or you're on the cross trainer and looking after your body and I suppose you know you've really brought that S&C model into your mindset and it probably helps you that you are robust and strong in a lot of areas where a lot of footballers probably aren't um, are there any other tools away from, say, conditioning that you find useful? I've, you know, is it is it meditation? Is it is it mindfulness? What, are there any other tools that you find you know help you day to day that really go hand in hand with your strength and conditioning that you seem to really be a huge fan of to help complement yeah, football? No, I think, um, yeah, so I think mindfulness is definitely um, you know a big part of. I'd say well, it hasn't been a big part of my life, you know, the last sort of six, seven years. But I'd say the last sort of one or two years, as I kind of you know, matured a little bit, I sort of realised the the importance of you know being in a good place in your head. And um, and yeah, I kind of like to always remind myself of you know the bigger picture, the bigger that, and just take a, a moment out to each night, you know, just right, um, have a look at my goals and stuff, and remind myself of sort of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, well, I mean, that's the kind of the thing I would do, but then, sort of, what, uh, what, when I'm playing, it probably comes into it even more. I think, um, you know, I'm a big sort of fan of like, uh, visualization and stuff like that. I feel like it definitely helps me with my performances on the pitch. And um, uh, I think I've probably got to visualize myself being fit a bit more at the minute. That's probably one that I need to add to it. But, um, but yeah, I'm a big believer in you know, the power of the mind and stuff. And, uh, I think with my performance on the pitch, I mean, obviously I've been injured so much recently, but every time I do come back, I feel like I'm still sort of doing myself justice and I've been putting in some good performances, which is, you know, when you're out for so long, it's tough. And I think the kind of the visualization kind of stuff um, that I do while I'm injured definitely, I think, helps me then when I when I do go back to, to help me still, you know, perform at a, a good level. So, so yeah, I think. Um, yeah, mindfulness and stuff like that is you know, very important when you're injured. And the visualisation, has that been probably self-learnt? I mean, I was told I played basketball underage for Ireland and I was, we had someone in and I just found it very abstract. I couldn't kind of get my head around it, you know, concentrate, focus, you're in the four quarter minute to go, visualise that free throw to, to win the game. And I, I could never get my head around it, but I've come across athletes like yourself now who have said, I've used it as a tool that helps me for my preparation. So, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think um, I think it is. I say it's a lot more difficult than you know it sounds. Some people say, "Oh, visualize it, dream it," but but you know <laughs> that is hard, and you know, you get distracted mentally. And also, I think 
it's more yeah you have to like really put yourself in that moment and you know feel it not just not just think about it you've got to really you know believe it and, and feel it and stuff and um I, I think from a for myself I was probably um you know helped quite a lot by my dad like he's quite a big he's a he's a big sort of believer in all of that and you know for, since I was a kid like four or five he's always been sort of feeding me with like you know positive thoughts saying you know what you think about comes true stuff like that and uh, so yeah every night I'd be going to bed you know thinking about football visualizing stuff in my head you know running games through you know all, all kind of stuff like that and um so it was kind of drilled into me from young, and um, I, you know, I, I, I believe sort of strongly that that definitely helped me, you know, get to the level that I have got to in football, and you know, hopefully will help me go even higher in the future. And uh, I think um, I think I guess something that definitely you know in academies in England and stuff, you know, as you say, it's kind of touched on. I said that like, your basketball, but it's never it's never coached as much as you know the technical tactical side of things, but. But you know, it's like everyone knows that everything that you do, yeah, it all comes from your brain. It all starts in in the mind. So I think it's probably the, the you know the most powerful muscle in our body, but the one that we kind of we're not sort of coached on. You know, we're coached on the least. So I think you know, if I was to ever become a coach, you know, for kids and stuff, I'd definitely be you know pushing the importance of um, you know visualization and the whole mental side of it um, a lot more than sort of was myself growing up um, in the academy system anyway but, yeah. yeah there's there's definitely a lot more of an awareness of the, the the power of these kind of tools and and how useful they can be which is great 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 to see you at um yeah i know you spoke very well about the the usefulness of it there um tommy just to change tack slightly we've got a couple of quick fire questions to throw at you uh to get your perspective on a few aspects relating to a game to, to mindset and high performance so um, if we were to kind of say the term high performance or high performance culture to you, what what, what does that kind of phrase or what does that term mean to you? Um, high performance, I'd say, uh, you know, it's the the tools that that I needed to, for an athlete to perform at, at the highest level week in week out. Uh, and I think you know it comes under strength and conditioning. Uh, it, for football, it would be the strength and conditioning side, technical, tactical. And um, psychological, so I think it's a, a variety of things, really. Yeah, all encompassing. Um, perfect, yeah. And then um, in a scenario, obviously, and it can be injury related or not injury related, if you've ever underperformed or had a kind of a setback, what do you do to kind of regain your edge or regain your focus to get you back to a level of performance that you, kind of you feel you, you have to be at? Um, honestly, I'd say for myself, like when I'm, when I'm playing, if I feel like I'm sort of struggling a bit or not performing to the best um, you know of my ability it's all about just going back to basics and um, you know so kind of when say things aren't going too well on the pitch I'll just try and you know go back to basics on the defender so just you know head it um, keep the ball simple play it easy um, kick, you know, stuff like kick, that. kick the striker kick, kick the striker exactly it's something I know I'm good at <laughs> and, uh, and then once you do that you know confidence kind of builds and uh, and then you know, naturally your game kind of, well, I've, I've no, for myself, naturally my game will start to improve. So um, that's the kind of stuff I would do on the pitch and then kind of off the pitch with injuries and stuff. I think it's probably even harder, you know, when, when you get sort of injuries and stuff to you know, regain the focus. But it usually it takes a couple of weeks getting over the shock and stuff. But then it's about just, uh, for me anyway, just visualizing that end goal, sort of where you want to get to, reminding yourself why you're doing it. 
you know, stuff that we touched on already, and then um, and then just getting back to basics, working hard, just like focusing on things you can control. So, uh, you know, when I'm in the gym, I'll try and you know, give give a hundred percent, do everything that I can, sort of at that time, and then just set yourself kind of little goals each day, and then and then before you know it, you kind of kind of get through it, and, and then you're back. So yeah. Perfect. Think at the end point. Yeah, yeah. very good. And uh, a bit of a philosophical one for you here, Tommy, to, uh, to finish on. Um, what would you say your big three are uh, in life at the moment? And that could be from a kind of a personal or a professional viewpoints. Um, big three, I'd say, for me, it's probably family, uh, football, and, um, and then probably uh, it's a lot of tough ones. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm from quite like a religious family as well. I'm very religious myself, so I'd say probably like God and, and food, actually. Food. <laughs> we get, we'll allow you four, so. Tommy, I have, I have a very serious question now. You know, we're coming up to the close here. We've got a lot of nice information. So, you have a baby, Finley, right? Yeah. How many months? Yeah. Where are we in terms of what age is he? He is seven months tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's 18th today, is it? 19th tomorrow? Yeah, 17th, 18th, yeah. Yeah, he's 19, he'll be nine months, so uh, seven months. What's yeah. the best investment you and Christina have made for Finley? Since pre-birth or during, what has been the thing that best. I'm glad I'm going to recommend that to the next one? Uh, it will be a jumper for us. Oh, a jumper yeah. <laughs> we stick him, in, stick him in that, put him in front of baby TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, that seems to stop the crying that would have been going on for hours before, so... I think, yeah, out of everything that we've, we've bought for him, yeah, saying that now he's screaming and now I can hear him. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would say the John Peru has been the best investment. Um, anyone that is expecting a baby or has a young baby, I would I would definitely say get a solid John Peru. And also, I feel like his, his legs are looking like he's bulking up already, and I'm putting that down to hours in that as well. So. I like it. <laughs> so I like it. Got bigger quads than me already. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Tommy, I've actually one last question for you, if that's all right, a football-related one. Uh, I'm sure it'll be of interest to uh, anyone listening here in Ireland following football. You've obviously, again, come up through the academy system. You've seen how they've run things over in England. And uh, the changes that they made recently to uh, kind of bring on their youth system is really now starting to, to kind of reap the rewards with their underage success at different tournaments. Um, Obviously, Irish football is in a bit of a flux at the moment in terms of what's going on, and big changes are hopefully coming in terms of the, the underage structure and all the good work already being done. Is there any lessons do you think the Irish football system can take from the English system uh, that you know of? Um, what I say? Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm a. I think the English, I think the English system is starting to. Um, you know, obviously it's nice to the rewards at Andre Triple they did well at the what seventeens, nineteens, the the World Cup and all stuff like that. But um to, to be honest, I, I still think the main thing for young players is it's all about um it's all about playing games. So I think if there's a way for, you know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year olds to get involved in, in first team football as 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 early as they can or a, a more competitive kind of, you know, version of football than kind of eighteens which which is obviously, you know, it is competitive and stuff, but it is just not the same. I think that's the best way to develop young players, you know, uh, at a faster rate. I mean, I think all we need to just start, like, look at that IX team last night. I mean, you've got young boys that are, you know, started playing first team football at a high level from 17, 18, yeah. you know, 19, and now they're, 
they're what they're 20 21 years old and they're probably one of the best teams in Europe at the minute and yeah. um, I know obviously you know you know there's a, there's a lot more to it than just that they're obviously very you know they're players with a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of ability but um, but I think it's all about just getting involved in first team football as young as you can and because yeah that's the that, that, that's how you learn I think it's like like in any job you as you say like you learn on the job and the more games you play the more you know scenarios you come up against um, you know as a defender like the you'll come up against different kinds of strikers you know physical ones technical ones and you just you just learn and um, I think that's the best way to develop young players and hopefully that you know in five ten years time once you get more more young players playing at a high level that starts to start to see them benefits in um, you know the national team and stuff like that so yeah perfect I'm pretty happy with you know I think that was fantastic it's great we've touched on a lot of interesting topics there we've talked on your background you know what does performance mean visualisation lots of different techniques you employ to stay mentally resilient and equipped to go through another journey of rehab and you know we both wish you the best of luck with that and we're looking forward to seeing you back on the pitch and um I'm looking forward to seeing you there with Finley right behind you in a jersey with those strong legs. So I'm looking forward to seeing that day. Five, five years time, winning a trophy, you'll be on the pitch. And I'll remember this, this interview. And there you go. <laughs> you got to remember it as well. You can dig it up then. Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Tommy. Cheers, Tommy. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming on. Take care. All the best. Slauncher. Bye.